You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz, and we're going to talk about how there's a surprising twist in the diplomatic tensions between Canada and India, and it involves a previously unreported event in the U.S. A British newspaper reports that American authorities thwarted a conspiracy to assassinate on American soil a Sikh separatist, and they believe the Indian government was involved. What does this allegation mean for the U.S. and India's diplomatic relationship? What impact will this have on Canada? We are now speaking to Dr. Jovian Radeshwar, professor in the Department of Political Science at Douglas College. Dr. Radeshwar, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me again. It's an honor to be, an honor to be back. Now, what do you think of this allegation that we're seeing out of the U.S.? Um, I think it points in the direction of um, a few things. First off, India being... Uh, increasingly more assertive on the global stage uh, with respect to um, cracking down on dissidents against both specifically the Modi government, but as you and I know, and as the community knows, there's also been a long-term process of cracking down against uh, Sikh dissidents, against um, the way that Sikhs have been treated in India specifically. But also a more disturbing trend, and that's of course very disturbing what I just mentioned, is that you know international relations is going in a direction of powerful states uh, acting with impunity uh, wherever they wish without respect to international borders and Canada as a middle-sized power is a country that um, is specifically at risk from this sort of activity um, you know the United States apparently is also at risk from this sort of activity as well so if the US can see targetings then of course Canada can as well not that long ago there were uh, cases out of the UK um, as well, and uh, as of a few days ago, there was also a report. And you know, I read this report the day before the news from the United States came out. Um, but there's a report by Murtaza Hussein in the Intercept from just a few days ago, pointing out that there have been several of these kinds of actions taken in Pakistan in recent years, and Pakistani intelligence specifically has now uh, shared information with the Intercept that suggest that India is, in fact, running a global uh, campaign, essentially, of uh, going after dissidents against uh, the government there, um, primarily targeting Sikhs and, of course, Kashmiris as well. But, you know, that's um, something that could certainly be uh, something that would affect others who are just critics of the Modi administration. And, you know, these allegations do threaten to rattle India and U.S.'s relations at a very, like you said, a sensitive geopolitical moment. Currently, you know, the U.S. is embroiled in a rivalry with China, and they're very keen to cultivate ties with India. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a worrisome factor because certainly the former president of the U.S. and current frontrunner for the 2024 election, Donald Trump, is very close with uh, the Modi um, administration there, both ideologically as well as in terms of a marriage of convenience. And it's quite um, concerning that in the future there might be uh, more coordination between India and the United States on cracking down on dissidents, both in the United States and in Canada, especially given the point you just made about the need to pivot towards um, India with respect to containing China. The uh, uh, the leader of China, Xi Jinping, was just meeting Joe Biden in California a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago, uh, give or take. And um, during those meetings, they indicated that they had made great progress on a number of issues, likely trade-related issues. But then the moment Xi Jinping leaves the United States, Joe Biden calls him a dictator, and the Chinese are saying that this was very irresponsible. So it's clear that the U.S. and China's relationship at times can be a marriage of convenience, and of course 
lucrative profits, but also ideologically remains quite far apart. Whereas on the historic uh, role of India as a democracy, a role that's, of course, increasingly called in question these days, um, has, has made it easier for the West to work with India. Um, and, of course, India is a rising, um, you know, incipient superpower nation. So that would suggest that, um, you know, other superpowers like the U.S. or the European Union might want to work more closely with India, especially if they're concerned about the rise of China. So a lot of, you know, suggests that right now um, democracy is under threat, because if the Biden administration, which, of course, has had a pretty uh, bad, I would say, this is my opinion, a pretty bad um, policy with respect to green lighting the Israeli actions in Gaza. If the Biden administration is losing credibility as a force for democracy or a force for liberal democracy around the world and wants to burnish those credentials by trying to defend um, multicultural citizens in uh, the United States or in Canada from being uh, harassed by um, right-wing governments, that would be great for the time being, but of course it's somewhat questionable given Biden's track record in Gaza. But there's also a situation where Biden doesn't look like he's going to win the next election, and if Trump comes back to power, we might see a much faster rapprochement between um, the Indian government and the U.S., and then of course the current uh, you know, semblance of concern over um, you know, uh, extrajudicial assassinations of um, Sikh uh, activists in Canada and the United States might go away. And in fact, we might see cooperation between the U.S. and um, India on that matter. And there is precedent for that because, of course, Sweden not that long ago handed over Kurdish dissidents to Turkey when there was a, a question about um, Turkey uh, uh, ex uh, accepting the idea of Finland and Sweden joining uh, NATO in the context of the Ukraine war. So we see a big geopolitical realignment happening, and it doesn't look good for democracy or for minority rights on a global scale. And I want to get your thoughts to the fact, you know, this information has now come out and it seems that the U.S. Justice Department is weighing in. We know whether to share more with the public about, you know, what they've just announced with this allegation. Uh, do you think more information is going to be shared on this or are they going to be careful here? Um, that's a great question, right? Because, of course, we're all waiting for the information from the Canadian government still about uh, the killing of Mr. Nidger in Surrey uh, last summer, and we haven't, you know, gotten that information. And a lot of that, you know, I think is going to suggest that the United States is, in fact, not only listening to Americans, but listening to Canadians. They're probably listening to this call right now, um, not because they're targeting us, but because they're listening to all calls and dragnetting all of it. In fact, there was just a report the other day about that as well. So I think they're going to be careful about revealing what they know for that reason, but also for the fact that I don't really think that we should expect that this is a principled opposition on the part of the U.S. government to India carrying out these activities, but for the fact that it makes America look bad if India was to be able to carry out such an action on American soil. Um, of course, it made Canada look very bad when it came to light that this is perhaps what happened in Canada as well. So there's an issue of states asserting that they control their territory. Um, but beyond that, I don't think that we should take this as a, you know, um, big truth revelation that um, can inspire people to stand up for democracy and sovereignty. I think that nations are playing a much more complicated game now that has to do with the way that power is networked in ways that cross borders and don't necessarily respect borders. 
Now, I think the question we all have here, and I know, Dr. Adesh, where you don't have a crystal ball and you can predict what's going to happen, but now that, you know, India is dealing with the U.S., how do you think India will respond to this? Um, probably not so dissimilarly with how they've responded in Canada, which is, of course, that they've done the best that they can to work with different political parties that are not in power right now behind the scene in order to try to muddle the accusations, to scuttle the investigation, to slow down the process, to get it out of the news cycle. Um, we've all kind of forgotten about the fate of Mr. Niger after the uh, current war in the Middle East has um, started after October 7th. So I think we would see a similar strategy. America is a big country that has a million different concerns. And, um, you know, to paraphrase a famous hip-hop saying, India isn't really one of them so much, except for the Indo-American community, which is significant. It's, it's an important community, but in terms of the overall American popular imagination, it's still very much a marginal community, and I think that's going to be something that the Indian government will bank on um, with respect to the fact that most Americans won't be very concerned about um, this issue, even when it's framed in the terms of uh, India potentially violating U.S. sovereignty. Um, Americans often don't know the difference between Sikhs and Muslims and Hindus and um, different ethnic groups and nationalities, and they'll tend to see this as, oh, it's those people's problem, and India knows that, so they're going to cynically, I think, exploit that to, to, to muddle things so that it doesn't remain um, uh, in the news cycle. If you look at the news already after the announcement of this, if you look at Huffington Post or if you look at the Drudge Report on the right wing, if you look at other major newspapers, other than elite opinion, people are really not very focused on this. Mm. Dr. Adeshwar, I want to thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Um, no, just a word of thanks to Spice Radio. It's really important that you guys do this work and keep this conversation alive in the community here because um, as a South Asian Canadian community, we really have to be at the front lines of talking about how this particular issue affects all of us because even though I'm not sick or Punjabi, I share solidarity with my Sikh and Punjabi brothers and sisters who are dealing with this issue. We have to stand together against violations of Canadian sovereignty and stand together as a South Asian community because we come from a complex, multifaceted uh, nationality that um, crosses religious boundaries and boundaries of ethnicity, and it's very important that we stand up for justice together. You take care now. Thank you so much.